Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, I want you to know that I myself am a food blogger, so I understand the need to find those connections and find the answers and create transformations in my business that are actually going to matter and help me grow and make more money and get more traffic and all of those good things. If you are interested in this too, the new eBlog Talk Mastermind Groups might be a great fit for you. Go to eBlogTalk.com to find the application that you can fill out for consideration. As Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich says about the mastermind principle, two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. Unbeatable force. I love that. And you can't argue with that. Inside the eBlog Talk Mastermind Groups, weekly Zoom calls will have the format of peer-to-peer learning with members taking turns being in the hot seat. Once a month, guest experts join us and they will unleash their knowledge about very specific topics relating to food blogging and being a small business owner and relating to ways that you can grow your business. We convene every week, we share our struggles, our wins, and we can shine and lift each other up and provide resources and input that will help the other members in the group to grow their businesses and grow as individuals as well. Again, go to eblogtalk.com to fill out an application for consideration. What is up, food bloggers? Welcome to another episode of eBlog Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited to have Betsy Wallace with me for the second time on eBlog Talk. She is from Capsule Podcast. And this time we're going to talk about the power of the female voice. Betsy is the co-host and producer of the Dinner Sisters podcast, which has been downloaded 250,000 times and has 13,000 downloads per month. She recently launched Capsule Podcast, which helps brands create a capsule podcast to build their brand without the overwhelm and commitment of a week. Show. Capsule podcasts are a great way to promote a cookbook, launch a meal plan service, use as a lead magnet to grow your list, or provide special bonus content to your community. Betsy, I am so grateful that you're here for a second time, and I'm totally going to put you on the spot here, but we want to hear a second fun fact for you. I, yeah, now that I'm here twice, two fun facts. I had to think about this one for a little bit, but my fun fact this time, I think, will be that I am married to a veterinarian, and I grew up with no pets. I had maybe, we had a guinea pig at one point, but now I have two dogs, two bunnies, four fish tanks, and we have had chickens and we've had all sorts of different things. So I am in my second half of my life here living a uh, very full pet filled life. (laughs) (laughs) So that had to be quite a transition, especially going from no pets to, oh my gosh, that's a lot. How was that transitioning? You know, it happened slowly. So, and I credit my husband for his, uh, his approach here because it was, (laughs) we, we had one dog and then we had two dogs and then, uh, he had always loved having fish tanks. So we had one fish tank and now the kids love the fish tanks. So we have four fish tanks because each one has a little bit of a different setup and a different you know, ecosystem in there. And it has sort of happened slowly. And all of a sudden I find myself in this like pet store setup. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love that you're like, I credit him for his strategy because <laughs> if he would have just onslaught, like given you all the pets at once, you probably would have been like, no, thank you. But he did it slowly. He gradually warmed you up to mm-hmm. the pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we have a full house. What's your favorite pet? Uh, my dog. I have, so we have um, a kind of three, four-year-old Corgi German Shepherd mix, who's a rescue, and then a uh, 13-year-old Pitbull, who is a late-in-life rescue. We got her about a year ago. She needed to be rehomed, uh, and she's just super sweet, and she's our first um, Pitbull we've had, and I have never experienced that. Everyone said they're such kind, level, like loving, loyal dogs, and we have really uh, found that to be true, and I've got three kids, and she just is 
everyone's grandmother in the house and it's really sweet oh i love that i know pets are great i we love our dog he's the best they're just so awesome so thank you for sharing that betsy sorry to put you on the spot with fun fact number two (laughs) but you pulled it out um and just so grateful to have you here again i know you were here just a few months ago and i we had talked about this topic kind of as a secondary thing. I think it was after we stopped recording and we were like, oh my gosh, I just feel so passionately about talking about women's voices, female voices, um, and amplifying them through a podcast. And obviously you have a, um, you know, you feel passionately about this because of your own podcast and capsule podcast that you started. So just all of that to say thank you so much for being here a second time. We really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. And it is something I'm I'm passionate about. And it's fun to talk to a like minded woman in podcasting. Yes, it is an important medium, I believe. And I feel just so strongly about women needing to speak up more, um, just about the things that we feel the world needs to hear. And that can be different things from each of us. But I believe that our voices are so important and that we need to be heard. Um, I know that previously the podcast world was a very male dominated place. It is becoming more women heavy, right? You sent me some stats actually that I was reading through and I was glad to see at least the numbers are rising. But with this being such a popular medium for delivering information and podcasting is not going anywhere, it's getting more and more popular. I just think what better way to share our voices than through podcasts because people like that audio and they like just going for a walk and putting in their earbuds and listening to audio. So take advantage of this, women. You guys have something to say. You have a voice. So we need to deliver our passions and our information that we want to share through podcasting. So we're just going to have a discussion about that. Um, Betsy, I know that a lot of women listening um, might have hangups or like objections to why they shouldn't or can't. They might believe they can't start a podcast. So what do you think some of those hangups might be? Let's just like kill the hangups so that people can be like, okay, well, I clearly need to start a podcast. (laughs) What are some of those? I love this because it can be overwhelming to start something new. I currently have a hangup with doing Instagram reels. And I know some people love that. And I just... (laughs) You know, I think anytime you try to do something new, it can just feel overwhelming, even if it feels simple to someone else. So we had talked about this a little bit. And I think one of the first hangups I hear from a lot of people and always is a little bit difficult is, is maybe you don't, you're worried about hearing your voice on a podcast. It's so common. And one thing I tell people who are producing or recording a podcast for the first time is that people hear your voice all day long. I mean, they hear your voice in telephone conversations. If you are on video, if you're doing reels, if you're on Instagram lives, if you're talking to your clients, if you're people hear your voice and they're not shocked by it. They're not, it's, it's a normalized thing to kind of everyone, but you. So that makes me feel more comfortable when I think, you know what, I talk to a lot of people every day and those people must like hearing my voice because I I don't have real time feedback where people are cringing when they hear Right. Every time you talk, they're like, oh, Betsy's talk. No, it doesn't go like that. Like we, yeah, that's such a great point because then when you hear someone else say it, because even my boys, like if they record their voices and they hear it back, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. But I'm like, you guys, your voice is amazing. Like we hear the people's voice that we like and we think it's great. I think all the voices of people who I love are like, there's nothing grating about their voices. So yes, people hear us talk all the time, every day. So if they're okay with it and they're not like falling on the ground and (laughs) cringing, (laughs) then we're probably good, right? So we can check that one off the list. Yeah, I think I have a friend who is a weaver and she was doing some Instagram videos where she was setting up her loom and it was her first time doing an Instagram video like that. And the first time she recorded it with no voice and sent it and I said, you know, why don't you just talk through what you're doing? Because people love to hear 
your voice. And she made the video with the second one with her talking through and all of the comments were, wow, it was so nice to put a voice to your work. I loved hearing this. And it just kind of affirmed everything that I know about podcasting and you know about podcasting and we know about voice is that as humans, we just like that connection and we like hearing people's voices. Oh, that is such a great point too, because you can send out emails, you can send out years worth of emails that people read, but it's not the same thing as when they hear your voice, when they hear the the inflection and the sincerity and the warmth come through. So those elements are so important for people to actually connect with. And there might even be something about our voices that people are drawn to that we think that we don't even know about. So I get that a lot. Like people will say, oh, I really like the, like you, you, your warmth comes through. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I didn't like, that wasn't ever in my, like I'm 46 years old and that was never like (laughs) something that I thought when I heard myself talk. So it's really interesting to hear people tell me that. And so now I'm, you know, like you get new news about what your voice says to people, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, we hear a lot too that people say, I just feel like, cause I podcast with my sister and we have all the time people will say, I just feel like I'm the third sister, or I just feel like I know you all. And it's just a funny connection when you use your voice. And I'll say I was not anyone who did anything voice related before this. So I don't have a background in public speaking or, um, you know, even teaching or something where you're really using your voice a lot like that. And the first couple of episodes, I edit my own podcast. And so I, it was a little bit disconcerting, I to tell you the truth, because you just it's it's always a little bit surprising, right? And then now it's just so normal to me that it doesn't phase me. So I think if it does sound surprising to you, the first time you hear your voice, or that's completely normal too. And it just it just kind of goes away. Right. Yeah, you will get used to it. And what you might think is like, ooh, a little bit grating is actually probably endearing for other people. And if the more you put your voice out there, the more feedback you're going to get. I love the fact that people tell you that they feel like the third sister because that tells me that your voices are comforting to them and it's like um, like a really comfortable, safe space for people. So they feel like they're a part of your circle, which you couldn't do that. You could not produce that same feel in an email. Mm-mm. That is only because of your voice, your voices. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it was, again, like you said about having feedback that you have a warm voice or a voice people like. We were so surprised to hear that because we produced this podcast, which is where we try dinner recipes every week and talk about it. And we just didn't think it would have the effect that it does. And I think it is because of the the voice. Absolutely. I 100% think that that's true. Um, okay, what are some other objections? I think maybe we could talk about like tech, right? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I it just sounds so techy. I don't have those tech skills. There's no way I could figure it out. And I just want to eliminate that issue too, because it is not so techy. So do you have anything to contribute to that, Betsy? I do. And I think it might be useful if you and I both talk about how we put our episodes together, because I think it might be different. I mean, it's a little bit different for everyone. Do you use an editor? So I do. I use um, Adobe Audition to record my track and also to do editing. Okay. You don't outsource editing then. You do it yourself. I do it myself and I can talk about why. So I did outsource for a little bit and honestly, it was more work for me to like upload the audio and tell the editor like who, what I wanted to change or like if there was an issue or like a mistake, you know, or like too many ums or likes, like I'm saying right now, (laughs) it just was so much work to do that. And then we would go back and forth a couple times. It is so much easier for me to just run back through it and do the editing. So I have a process where if I say something wrong or if my guest says something wrong, I 
hit um, like a hotkey on my keyboard to show me where that is. And then I just go back and I edit it immediately after I'm done. So when we're done recording here, I will immediately go back and edit the episode in like 10, 15 minutes. It takes me no time, kick it out, send it to my VA and she runs it through um, a transcript. She runs it through to get a transcript made and then it's like super simple. So what do you guys do for that? Do you use an editor? We do not. We do editing in the in-house and sort of for the same reasons. Uh, it just, I guess it just really depends on your style and what kind of show you're producing in, in your comfort level. Because I do edit podcasts for other people and I've had different levels of involvement because some people are just happy to record the interview get the kind of a clean cut and send it back and they're fine. And other, you know, it just depends on how much control you want over your episode. So I'll speak to what we do for the Dinner Sisters, which is our weekly show, is we record on Squadcast. We've used a couple different things. We are recording now on Skype. So I think either platform is great. And we, I mix the tracks and then I put it in Audacity, which is a, a free editor, like digital audio workspace. Yep. And I really tell people once you have that downloaded and up, it looks a little bit intimidating that seeing those audio files for the first time, right? All the waves. But if you can cut and paste, you can really do most podcast editing yourself because I will take out things, you know, mistakes, ums, likes, things that we don't want in there. And then I run it through Authonic, which is a kind of a voice leveling um, and mastering program. It's online. So once I get everything cut out that I don't want in there and I get my clean episode and I've put a little bit of music in the front and a little bit of music in the back, then I put that through Authonic and that um, you just buy... I don't know, hours. So if I buy like 10 hours and my episode's 20 minutes, it's really pretty cheap to do that. And it comes out leveled, which means you're not going to get that up and down um, where the volume isn't great. I know that's one some people's hesitancy because you listen to podcasts that are just the voice sound is all over the place and you're turning the volume up and down and it's just tinny and terrible sounding. Um, you can really, there's a lot of programs now that will get you to like a 90% really great podcast without hiring an audio engineer. So we, we use Authonic and then we uh, upload it into Buzzsprout, which is our podcast host. Nice. Yeah. And that's, I've heard great things about Buzzsprout. Libsyn is what I use for hosting. I know they've been around for ages, so I think they're kind of a, um, you know, no fail. You can count on them. It seems overwhelming. And I agree seeing that audio file for the first time. It's like, what? I don't know anything about audio. As food bloggers, we're used to video and photos and kind of visual things, but um, audio might just seem overwhelming, but it's really not. And I will say that the first few times, okay, the first like 20 times at least that I edited my own audio, it took me a long time. So there is a learning curve. But it goes fast. Once you get it down, it's just like video editing, kind of compare it to that. Once you get it down, it's so faster and you get faster every time. So I don't know, like I used to go back and eliminate all of the ums and I would go through like very nitpicky going through each word. And now I'm like, you know what? Nobody cares. People want to hear a conversation. And if I'm taking out every single bad word, that just makes it not as authentic. So I just kind of let the conversation flow. And yes, I say like too many times. And I say, (laughs) there are things I say too much, but whatever, like just more grace with myself comes out too. What about you guys? Do you edit out the, you know, like the ums and the likes or do you just let it flow? We mostly let it flow. We're producing a weekly show. So And a lot of the bulk of our work comes from making the recipes. (laughs) So I can't then go and spend another five hours editing this show, right? And so we have gotten, we have found, I guess, that 
having we do a, a pretty set show flow every week we use a script we kind of outline what we're we're going to say beforehand so we have the recipe notes from the things we've cooked and that helps us really i mean our show will come out almost exactly the same time so we it's about 25 minutes every week we have an intro that we just read in so the intro's right into there we go through our different sections that we like to hit we read our outro and then kind of the same with, with you, that takes me maybe 20, 30 minutes to edit because, you know, we we want to keep it conversational. I did at first try to go in there and surgically take out every like, every, um, every, I was so embarrassed that I wouldn't sound, you know, professional and great and was really worried about little background noises and nitpicky. And the more we do this and also in these editing groups and Facebook that I'm in, just all these podcast editing groups. And a lot of the talk in there is about how as you progress and grow as an editor, you also do less editing because that authentic sounding conversation is more appealing in the end. So that's something I've learned. And if I would go back and do it again from the beginning, I would definitely give myself uh, just relax. And, and, you know, give myself a little bit more grace and just be more confident that what we recorded is great. Oh, I that was so well said. I love the fact that you use the word surgically to describe that because <laughs> that is exactly like I was like cutting and, you know, like clipping things out just here and there. It was like ridiculous. If you listen to my first 10 or so episodes of eblog talk, you will hear that I like even cut out breaths, which is just ridiculous. I was like taking so much time, like a surgeon, just like cutting little pieces, and and you can tell it sounds very weird. And now I just like whatever, let it go. <laughs> so that would be my one of my pieces of advice too. If you are starting a podcast, don't worry about that because people know. You were starting a podcast. You were probably a novice and it's okay. Everyone is going to have grace with you and they're going to be with you on the journey and watch you evolve and grow. So it is okay to not be perfect. Mm, I, I, we, we always joke we have our episode two. I went in. I mean, I tried to take those breaths out. It sounds crazy. That episode <laughs> sounds know, crazy. It <laughs> I am the same. Like, I have this one episode that was really good. Like, Alyssa Brantley, I think she's episode number two or three. She had the best information to share about working with brands. So I've actually replayed it because she had such great information. But I sound like a complete idiot because I'm like dumb like taking everything out and it is just like stilted and weird and every time I hear it I'm like oh gosh I hope nobody notices that but clearly they are you can't not notice it so yeah just let it go let it flow um, a couple other things I wanted to mention about just equipment so that people aren't like um, overwhelmed the equipment is so minimal so I literally have this microphone that I invested, I don't know, like maybe $70 in, and it plugs directly into my computer. So it has a USB cord, nothing fancy. Um, and and that really is the extent of my like hard equipment. And that is all you need. Because when I got started, I was like, do I need a mixer? I didn't know if I needed like something fancy that I'd didn't know anything about, but you don't. You need a microphone, probably earbuds or headphones, which you probably already have, and then some way to record two tracks. So I use Audition, you use Audacity, and I record my second track through Skype, which is super slick and easy. I did not need any like training. It was just like I figured it out and that's it. Yeah. One of my questions, I also just only have my USB plug-in mic here that has been a workhorse also spent you know 70 bucks on it or something and I have we've been doing this for three years now I could probably upgrade my equipment I am not sure that's completely necessary and I know 
a lot of food bloggers feel the same way, right? As you could have a really expensive camera, but if you don't know how to use it, it's not it's it's not that valuable to you. So I would say start with just an entry level mic, something that can plug in USB, and then um, you're good to go until you until you you know, want to upgrade and, and figure that out is your, so, um, using audition, is that part of the Adobe suite? And do you use, are you in Adobe for the rest of your work? Yes. Yes. So I use Adobe a lot and yes, it is part of the suite, the creative suite, if you get like the package. So yeah, I was very excited to see that because I didn't know. I was like, Oh, is this going to be extra? But no, it was a part of it. So it was really nice and it's great i mean i've had no issues with it at all i know a lot of people use it i don't use the rest of like adobe products because i am not a uh just not in design or photography but i know a lot of people in food are and so if it's just right in there that is really easy yeah absolutely so that's a selling point too. And honestly, if, if anyone is listening and wants to start a podcast, if it's been on your mind and the tech is a hang up for you, send me or Betsy an email and just talk, we can talk through anything. Um, because I know when I started, I, I was a little overwhelmed by that too. But once you get started, I promise you it is not overwhelming. It's super easy, especially for you amazing food bloggers who can figure anything out like in 10 minutes. So yeah, you've got this. Let's talk about um, just how this platform, like having a podcast, can build our brands and add such value to our businesses. I think this is a really important point that people discount. I believe that starting a podcast can totally transform your business for the better. What do you think about that, Betsy? Yeah, I do too. And in, in for reasons that aren't immediately obvious. And we've talked about this a little bit and the power that comes with just being part of the podcast community and making connections and being able to network and have another platform for your voice. There are some really interesting ways you can include a podcast into your brand. One thing I would say is that all of those other um ways that podcasting will help your brand grow, like networking and exposure and building new skills and creating an extension for your brand where people can come in and interact with you more or go deeper with you in your, in your community. I think that's all really valuable right now. I think starting a podcast to monetize it the way you would monetize a food blog with advertisers is pretty tough still. Would you agree with that? I mean, that's... Yes. Yes, I agree. So I don't think that you you can't expect to come into podcasting and be like, well, I'm going to get sponsors and it doesn't exactly work like that. And I think once you're in, you realize that there's a much different kind of model and it's more about just providing a free value that's super valuable and quality and that from there you start networking with people. And like you said, Betsy, you become part of this amazing community and you monetize a little bit differently than you do like what normal food bloggers would kind of think through as far as monetizing. But like my husband from an outside perspective is always like, why don't you have sponsors? You know, you need to like, like, no, 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 no. Once you're in, you just see that it works so much differently. Don't you think? I think so. And I, that was something that I had to learn because I think there is a lot of noise out there, which kind of sells podcasting as like grow your show into a Joe Rogan situation and then make a million dollars on your Spotify deal, right? Like, and that's such an anomaly. And also there's not a lot of, it's just not the way most podcasters function and and the value that the that comes from their show, right? So I guess a few examples that I know offhand. Um there are there's Didn't I Just Feed You, which we've talked about before. It's Megan Splawn and Stacey Billis, and they are food writers and cookbook authors, and they have a podcast talking to families, and they have a membership 
that goes along with that podcast, right? So, and a couple of brand sponsorships, but that membership is one way that they're supporting their podcast. There are people who offer services who are using their podcast as a platform to let people know, you know, what they what they do. And I have been working with a woman who is a marketing and PR group, and she is doing six episode uh, seasons. And in each season, she is having one of her I guess subcontractors for lack of a better word, but specialists within her business talk about how they work together to help you build your book brand. Right. So I did an episode or I did a season with her on podcasting and how that could build a book brand. And I am producing and editing her second season, which is with her graphic designer. And they are talking all about how they work together to develop a brand and all of your graphics and that thing for your book, right? So they'll produce six episodes with the two of them. And you, I think it's just an amazingly strategic way to use a podcast because then I've now listened to six episodes and I really want to work with Stephanie and Madeline on my brand because I've, they've shown me their expertise through these six episodes and I get this kind of front loaded information about what it means to build out a book brand. And then I know these two are the people I want to hire to do that. So I think there's just so many really cool different ways you can use this, not necessarily just bringing on a sponsor. Exactly. And coming into it, you don't understand that until you start delivering the value, getting people to know, like, and trust you. And it's almost like the podcast becomes the part of the funnel so it leads people in and people start loving you. They get connected with your voice. They love you. And then you can start talking about all of these amazing things that you offer. Anything you like have created as far as products or a service, like you mentioned, um, that membership or like mastermind groups, even affiliates. If you find an affiliate that really aligns with your audience, you can use that as kind of a quote sponsor or next piece of your funnel. So there are so many different options for um, getting money, revenue as you know, that don't have to be like getting sponsors. And you're right, like Joe Rogan, people assume that like, oh, Joe Rogan, does this he gets these amazing deals like that is definitely an anomaly and not the um the structure that you probably will do starting a podcast but yeah i love talking through that just so people know that it's not one size fits all either like you might get in and really dig into affiliates or you might have a membership to offer right off the bat but it really is about just getting in and getting your voice out there first and seeing what resonates with your audience. I will say too that one of the issues perennial issues that has not really been solved in podcasting is discoverability and there is not a well played sort of blueprint or strategy for growing your podcast to a Joe Rogan size, right? So I know in a lot of different, the way people are doing websites or blogs and things like that, there's a, we know what Google looks for. We have all of these different metrics to grow our site because we know XYZ works. And if you are consistent and you excel at these things, then you will grow this site, right? There's a pretty easy, and then you can get to this point and then you can work with these sponsors and then you can sign on to this agency. And there's sort of this step-by-step that if you can execute, you can, you have a high chance of success, not guaranteed, obviously, but you have a higher chance of success. And there's sort of like a path you can take. And that just is not the case in podcasting. There is not an algorithm that we're working with. There's not a one way to sort of start from zero and just grow. I, would you agree with that? I mean, there's not. Yeah, I totally agree. And I kind of like that because our food blogging space is so filled with algorithms and 
what works and what doesn't and what you should be doing. And here in the podcasting world, it's so different. And I kind of like the change, actually. It's really nice. Um, But yeah, you said that really well. I totally agree with that. It is just like a refreshing new platform. (laughs) It's a new medium to deliver value. And I just love that about podcasting. And networking is, in my opinion, one of the biggest things, biggest positive things that you can take away from podcasting. You meet so many people. So not only are you meeting guests, if you do an interview style podcast, you're connecting with all of these guests. But then I always ask my guests, do you have anyone else who would like to be on the show, on my show? Do you think anyone else would be a good fit? And sometimes I get connected that way to other people. Um, And then like there are certain guests that you just really connect with and you work on with other projects. I know you guys do mostly just like you and your sister. Do you interview other people ever? And what do you feel about the networking aspect of it? We do interview people. And we also have a segment called Pro Tips where it's a shorter five minutes um, kind of episode. And we have people send in, a lot of our listeners will send in little voice messages. Yes, and it's amazing. There'll be things like, um, I always use a shower cap to rise my bread because it keeps the moisture in. And this is just something my mother-in-law taught me and they will send us a little voicemail and we'll put a little intro on it and a little outro on it. And then we'll have a five minute episode. And it's also, that's been really a fantastic way for us too to connect with um, authors or bloggers or people who want to get a little bit more exposure, but maybe don't want to deal with the hassle of, scheduling something. So we'll just say, send us a a tip, like a three to five minute tip about your book you have out or something like that. And we'll put it together in in an episode. And that way they only have to send us a voice memo from their phone, which is a super easy way to connect and network with people because they're grateful for, for you, you know, allowing them to get on the air, get a little bit more exposure and, it's just a nice way to be able to be a part of this community that we're in. And for us, you know, that's the food world. And we often, so the guests that we get, which has been a really interesting kind of journey here is that they're authors that are out in cookbook tours mostly. And we now have a good relationship with the publishers. So we'll get, um, and the publicists at 10 speed and at, um, Clarkson Potter and Penguin and they will we're just kind of on their list of people and we've made these really great relationships with these publicists and we're getting amazing interviews and really great people on our podcast because we have just an easy structure to work with and you know we are professional and are able to host these people and get them on the show and provide them the exposure that they're wanting for their book. And then it also provides our audience a ton of value. And so we're pretty streamlined that way is, I would say, 95% of our interviews come from publicists from the publishing houses. And I just think, tell me if you agree with this, Betsy, but I feel like relationships and people are everything and not just in the podcasting world. But if you are really wanting to grow your business in a big way. Relationships are everything. What do you think about that? Oh, definitely. And it is having a podcast is a really great way to build relationships. Because as you know, Megan, it's it's people want to get on podcasts. And so it is something that you can do for people, especially if like us, we love our show. We love our community and our community. We love our audience. And so having someone on there who's going to bring value is just a delight and a joy. And it helps them out. And we have been able to now kind of forge this larger network in a way that doesn't feel forced. It feels like we're, you know, able to give a lot of value. And it just feels good. And it's just we have these great relationships with people because 
of the value we're able to bring to the table. Yeah. And relationships, I feel like lead to opportunity, not just for us, but for them as well. It's like a, you know, win-win situation. Um, We are helping them. Any guests that I have on, I'm happy to, you know, share about their products or any services. And that is a win for them. But it's a win for me because my audience gets to hear all of the amazing value that they have to share. And down the road, they might be like, oh, yeah, I remember Megan talked about this and they might have an opportunity for me or I might have an opportunity for them. So it's like those relationships that we build through our podcast are opportunities waiting to happen. I mean, I could probably make a a total separate episode just for this. I feel so strongly about just the more people you can get into your circle, the better off your business is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And podcasting is a great way to do it. And it's just easy. I, especially if you want a break from, like you had said before, it feels creative and completely different from working on a website. Yeah, I agree. And we get in our ruts. So food bloggers are just like in this, you know, kind of groove and it's great. We get a variety of things, but it's like we do look at our websites quite a bit in social media. And so just to have a little bit of a break from that. And I have to talk about this too, Betsy. Women have messages to share. I mean, we've got things to say. I love the topic of just like the female voice, putting your voice out there into the world. How long ago was it that women weren't even allowed to do much of anything, be in a workplace? And now here we are in 2021. We can put our voices out into the world through a podcast and it is important for us to speak. We have things to say and to share with people. I love just that topic in itself. Like we've kind of taken care of hangups you might have and hopefully checked all of those worries off your list. Now you have something to say. So what are some of the things that food bloggers you think could deliver to their audiences or maybe even a new audience? Do you have any ideas for food bloggers, Betsy? I do. I have a list of ideas here kind of in buckets because I had mentioned before that I'm working with a woman, Stephanie Fager, who has the Empower PR group, and we have been helping authors develop podcasts to go with their books or their book journey. And so I'm going to send Megan that link to those episodes. There's six episodes on how you can use the podcast to support a book launch. And you can listen to those. But also I have, um, we're going to go over a couple of ideas here. And then maybe you can tell me because you're so much more familiar with the food world, maybe how, how you think it might, if it sparks anything with you. How about that? Yeah. All right. So one thing we're seeing a lot of is using a podcast, like a short mini series. And that that's one thing I specifically feel passionate about because Capsule Podcast is my editing business and we do six episode mini series so that you set yourself up to succeed by trying a limited edition sort of mini series first. And so these kind of fall in that bucket as a way to get started. So one thing we're seeing is people who have, if you have an event, like a cooking class, or maybe you are, you know, even we had talked about in-person things. If you're going to a library to do a cooking demonstration or you're doing something locally, you can use a podcast to either front load people with information, which means have them listen beforehand so that when they come to your event, they're hearing things again for the second time, which is something we use in education and is really effective. So you have a way to process the information first. And then when you get there, you're having the experience and then maybe you can go back and listen again, right? Um, And similarly also to leave behind. So it's just kind of a companion piece to a live event or training. and that doesn't have to go in every week. It can just be something to experiment with. Like here are a couple of episodes that go along with this specific training. And to me, this feels like something that'd be really useful. I've had a couple of relatives that have had to change their diet for whatever reason. And that can be overwhelming if you have diabetes or you have a cancer diagnosis or something like that. I know there are a lot of people who are working through nutrition and food Um you know, spaces in that and doing trainings and classes and things. Uh, And I think it would be really valuable to have like a companion 
podcast to go along with those trainings. Mm -hmm. You said so many great things. So I love your idea about doing a mini series to start just to kind of test the waters, right? I love that because people think, oh, I got to go all in and do like, you know, episodes forever, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can start, by the way, you can start like 10 different podcasts. It's super easy to do (laughs) like a bunch of, you don't even have to stick to one. You don't have to find like the perfect name and perfect logo. Test it out, like test a handful of them out just to see. And Betsy's mini series idea is a great way to do that. Um, front loading. Oh my gosh, I love that. What a great idea because people devour information in different ways. So if you're giving them audio about something that maybe you're going to do on video, so they have to listen and then they come to your video already prepared, like they've already heard you talk through something, they're going to be even more excited, I think, to see you in person. So absolutely love that idea. I've never thought of that before, but I love it. Um, And then the diet thing too, that's great because so many people right now are having to go gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever it might be. So you could do a mini series just on that, like talking to people about diet changes and how to work through that, like possible food and recipe ideas, maybe the emotional part of it too. Like, here's what I experienced. This was really hard, like going to family gatherings. Here's how you navigate Thanksgiving dinner, things like that. These are all great ideas that I had not thought about, but uh, yeah, these are amazing ways for food bloggers to get into the world of podcasting. Is there anything else you have? I mean, I love your idea, you and your sister. I actually use your example. I talk in clubhouse rooms every Friday with food bloggers. And I talked about you guys a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, we so to go if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we my sister and I cook three uh, dinners a week from popular food blogs. And we always use recipes we like or, you know, we know will work if we come across something that doesn't we just don't use it because we don't want to drag people out on the the podcast airwaves. And so we have, uh, and my sister is single and cooks for herself and I cook for a family of five. So we have kind of two different perspectives. And so we make those three recipes and then we share the links to them in the show notes. And then at the end, we talk about just a little chit chat about, you know, tips or what's going on in our life, kind of more personal information. It usually revolves around something that we did in the episode. So if we're making soups, we'll share our favorite soup tips or things like that, or some listener tips that have come in. And I think it's funny because we this came up when we were talking beforehand, but a lot of people will say food doesn't translate to the podcast space because it is so visual heavy. And I have a funny story about this. So when we first thought that we were going to Joe Rogan this show and just, you know, blow it up and like get all the downloads and then monetize with the sponsor. And just that was what we thought podcasting was when we first started, which I think is super common. And I was pitching people sponsorship packages. And I had, I took Jenny Melrose's course, who is great about, um, you know, for food bloggers and thought, okay, I'm going to translate it to the podcast space. This will not be that difficult. It did not exactly translate (laughs) as as you can imagine. And I mean, a wonderful, like a lot of really great information, but people were not ready for this um, in the podcasting space. And this was probably two years ago now also. So it has changed a little bit, but I had got, I got on the phone with a tofu company and the, the person on the other end was saying he had a, an assistant who was younger and knew more about podcasts. And it was kind of, a, you know, more seasoned salesperson, executive on the other end, brand manager. And he said, I, I love podcasts. I absolutely love podcasts. I'm all about podcasts. I, I think we should get into podcasts. I think this is amazing. Um, I don't think it's going to work for food. And... I was like, well, I mean, we've been, we have 10, 13,000 downloads a month, people who are listening to this podcast for a half an hour. I mean, they're not listening. It's not like they see an Instagram post in 15 seconds and scroll by it. I mean, they're, they are in it for a half an hour listening to us talk about food. 
And that's a lot of people who tune in to listen to what I had for dinner this week. I mean, I, clearly this is an exact, like, these are not small numbers. This is working. And he was like, well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but do you think we could send you a t-shirt with our logo on it and you could take a picture and put it on your Instagram? And I was like, what? That meeting was sort of pivotal for us because we thought we've, we got to find a different way to do this here. This is, I know and believe that food translates in the podcasting space and it does because there are a lot of food shows um, out there. But I think that speaks to maybe let's get creative and use some of these other ideas rather than talking to the tofu company who just wants me on the Instagram with the t-shirt, right? <gasps> oh my goodness. That is a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So getting back to other ideas here, one of the things that we had talked about, which I think is is really great, I hadn't thought of is if you have a if you have self-published a cookbook, if you have a cookbook, if you have an ebook, you can do both an internal and external launch of that book. So an internal launch would be if you could make a podcast and say our the cookbook is coming out soon, if you want to sign up for my kind of special preview, you know, launch team early, early release things, you can release um, recipes, behind the scenes stories, chapters from your book, just interesting special information to those people so that when you're ready to kind of launch it to the world, your super fans have all of this great background information and they're really excited to tell people more about your book. And that makes them feel special. It's on a different medium and it's just a really cool way to connect with people before as kind of a pre-launch to a book or really kind of to any product. And then your external launch, um, kind of the same thing. If you're planning on doing a podcast tour for your book launch, which a lot of people do, you're going to go go out there and get on all the podcasts. You can have just a little mini series for people to come back to to listen to more about you know, your your cookbook, whether it's traditionally published, self-published, or an ebook you can use sort of a mini series to create a lot of extra buzz around that. What a fantastic idea. I absolutely love that. I love it. Yeah, because we deliver visually. We are so used to that. Like we've got to put amazing graphics together in Canva for Instagram and um, spread the word visually in email in our newsletter. But how about delivering that through audio and I loved your idea of behind the scenes, like maybe giving a glimpse of what actually goes into the cookbook fails. Like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened to these cookies today or whatever. Like hearing that through an through an audio platform um, with somebody's voice saying it is so unique. And just again, like you do not have to settle on one thing. There's a big podcaster who I love, Cliff Ravenscraft. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's like mindset coach, like podcast guru. He is amazing. And he uses these little kind of what you call mini series to deliver everybody back to his main podcast. And he creates so many, like he has one on Lord of the Rings. He has one on the Twilight Saga. Um, you know, like different TV shows and that he watches and books that he reads. And then in each one, he'll mention his main podcast. And he'll be like, oh, if you're, if you've enjoyed this, if you like the way we deliver and you want to hear more business information, go to my main show, Cliff Ravenscraft Show, blah, blah, blah. And that is such a smart way to talk about the things you want to talk about and talk about your products, but then maybe have like, use them as a funnel to get people back to whatever you're wanting them to go to. I have one more good one. And I think that's so smart with the mini series funneling back to a main podcast. I think there's so many creative, this is, we keep going back to this, but this is really what I love about this is that there is not, there's so much room for creativity and so much room for growth in this space where you might run into people who just don't get it like the sushi person. But if you get it, it's just magic. And it just takes a little bit of experimenting and it's really fun and refreshing to be 
in a medium where you can experiment a little bit. So I have one more here that I think is just so exciting and I think would translate to the to the food writer world. But we had talked about making a book club guide. So in you can put a QR code to your podcast, right? A, um, the same way we scan a QR code on restaurant menus, people are getting a lot more familiar with QR codes now than they were even pre-pandemic, right? So QR codes are becoming a thing. Uh, and so we had talked about working with authors to put a QR code on their book jacket that would be that would lead to a you know mini series or a six episodes five six episodes and it could be a guide for a book club for or you know three episodes or something that people could then if it's a um this Stephanie with the Empower PR group works with nonfiction authors so a lot of things are like maybe work through these key concepts right um and it would be a guide for like a mastermind or a book club or someone who wants to work through your book and the concepts in it. And you could lead that conversation through your mini podcast series, right? And so I know there's so many Instagram cookbook clubs because I love them and I love that they're all doing new cookbooks every month and they're cooking together and sharing their food. And I thought, man, I wonder if this could translate somehow to have an audio part podcasting part for some of these um like a cookbook club what do you think about that i again another idea that i would never have thought of and i think that's brilliant and this just shows that there are so many ideas like you can run with so many different things to put the qr code um leading to an audio guide or you know a podcast mini series maybe love it what a great idea podcasting is just there's so many once you start kind of thinking outside of the box, it makes you realize how much potential there is. And this is where I feel so passionately um, about women getting into this space, right? Because these are just, this is, you know, four or five things that I came up with, with Stephanie when we were going through this for non- nonfiction book authors. But those are our two points of view and the expertise that we bring to the table. And we came up with these really unique ways to do this. And it really takes having more people in this space with all of your own unique perspectives and your background to unlock all of these innovative ideas. And I am excited for more people to get into this space so we can just see what comes from these conversations and what kind of really cool things are just kind of unlocked. Just I'm excited about that. I think that was so well said. I got goosebumps a little bit there when you were talking because I I feel so passionately about this as well. I love men. Men, I love you. You're amazing. But there are so many male voices in the world and especially in the podcasting space. I love the idea of just filling the space with women's voices because we have important messages. We have things we need to say. People need to hear our voices more. So if you take the initiative and step out and start a podcast and say the things that you know people need to hear, that is important. So you are important. Your voice is important. I love this message. So thank you so much, Betsy, for all of this. This is amazing. I could go on and on, but I suppose an hour (laughs) in, we should probably say goodbye. I'm so grateful for the time that you've um, given us today. I am so grateful that you had me back on because as you can tell, this is something I like to talk about. And I will just echo what you said before. My inbox is open. So please, if you are a woman in podcasting, or someone who would like to be, email me and I am happy to give you, you know, any advice, everything I know, happy to share. And um, also, if you decide to start a podcast, let me know that because I am, I'm always looking for new, new things to listen to. Same. Email me as well. And thank you for that. That was super generous of you. And if you are interested, take Betsy up on that because as you can hear, she is so supportive and encouraging. So, Thank you again, Betsy. We will put together a show notes page for you. If anyone, oh, the resource you mentioned earlier, we'll put that in there and we'll also just put like the takeaways and everything that we've kind of talked about today. So you can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash capsule podcast 
two, number two. Betsy, remind everyone where they can find you online. So you can find me on capsulepodcast.com is the website. And I'm also on Instagram under Capsule Podcast, but Megan, I'll tell you, I am I like podcasting. Instagram is really a oof, need some work there. Uh, and then also the Dinner Sisters is the name of my food podcast, and that is the same everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time today, Betsy. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.